This is First News on News Radio 1290 WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com.
be afraid to get on the school bus. To turn on my computer. Message. Or walk to my locker. Did you know that a bully will stop his or her behavior in 10 seconds when their peers speak up? Use your voice. Hey, leave him alone. We have the power to stop bullying. Find out more at bullying.org. Bullying.org. Where you're not alone. Hey America, you need to have a little talk. We've got a lot of food in this country. We've got so much food that we can't eat it all. So how are 17 million kids in America struggling with hunger? That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks gathers surplus food and gets it to hungry kids who need it. Support Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Colorectal cancer screening saves lives, but only if people get tested. About 23 million adults have never been tested. Almost two out of three have a regular doctor and health insurance that would pay for the test. Doctors often recommend colonoscopy, but the fecal occult blood test and sigmoidoscopy also effectively find colorectal cancer early. When people can pick the test they prefer, they're more likely to actually get tested. If you're between the ages of 50 and 75, talk with your doctor about which test is best for you. Make sure you understand the steps you need to take to get tested. If you have a family history of colorectal cancer or polyps or inflammatory bowel disease, ask your doctor if you should start screening before age 50. Through the Affordable Care Act, many people have access to health insurance that covers colorectal cancer screening tests at no cost. Remember, the best test is the test that gets done. We are your pets, and this song's dedicated to those people who don't have health insurance yet. Enroll, we say, we want you to be okay. Enroll, we say, take care of people for goodness sake. Health insurance is now affordable. and covers prescriptions, hospitalizations, and preventive care. Visit GetCoveredAmerica.org to learn more. And take care, people. Brought to you by Get Covered America and the Ad Council. The thing is, I would never give blood before. You know, before this happened to me, I... Thanks to the American Red Cross and a donor like you, it was there. One donation, just an hour of your time, can help save up to three lives. Please sign up to give now at redcrossblood.org. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. I want to be warm fleece on a cold I want to day. Be a football I want to be a bike that races around the country. I want to be a bench on a forest trail. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. Brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. We're still saving the Southern Tier money at Galt Toyota. It's Six twenty on WMBF. Some fresh early morning technical difficulties, but we're back. Everything's fine. We are going out over air. 
do a quick traffic and weather report. New York State Department of Transportation is conducting single and double lane closures and occasional slowdowns in alternating directions on I-81 from exit 6 to exit 4, the 1781 split. Work is expected to last approximately until Monday and is weather dependent as they remove the old bridge which carried Front Street over I-81. New York State Department of Transportation is also advising motorists that the exit 5 ramp from southbound Interstate 81 to U.S. Route 11 and U.S. Route 11 and Old Front Street in the town of Dickinson are going to be closed for approximately another week for the construction of a new roundabout. Detour signs are posted. Pierce Creek Bridge on Pierce Creek Road in the town of Binghamton is closed to all traffic and will reopen on or about 7 a.m. on August 15th. All local traffic will need to seek alternate routes and a signed detour route is in place during the closure. Paving will continue on Oquaga Road. The Highway D- Division will continue changing road culverts on Colesville, Powers, and Tracy Creek Roads. Ditching will be performed on Farm to Market, Pagebrook, and Beartown Roads, as well as Old Route 17. Patching will continue on Hyde Street and Whitney Point, Watson Boulevard and Enwell, and various other county roads. Painting will take place on Main and Bridge Streets in Kirkwood, as well as Route 11 ramps, and some striping and mowing on various other county roadways. Right now in downtown Binghamton, it's about 71 degrees, mostly cloudy, high of 84 today. Could see some storms later on. Tomorrow, a high of 80 and a low of 65, and Saturday and Sunday should be pretty nice. Mostly sunny, high of 81 on Saturday, high of 86 on Sunday. You're listening to WMBF, where news breaks first. It's been a... Six twenty-eight on WMBF. Now it's time for an ABC Entertainment update. ABC Entertainment News. It's double jeopardy when it comes to hosts on the iconic quiz show. The producers of Jeopardy say moving forward, Mayim Bialik and Ken Jennings will officially share hosting duties. Executive producer Michael Davies writes in a note on Jeopardy's website that Jennings will kick off the upcoming season in September, with Bialik taking over in January, and she will continue to host several primetime tournaments. He promises no constant flip-flopping of hosts in order to keep things as consistent as possible. This ends the search for a new host after Alex Trebek's death in 2020. New today, The Resort is a murder mystery with a little comedy. This phone belonged to a kid who went missing down here 15 years ago. Starring William Jackson Harper and Kristen Milioti. I asked Milioti if the show will give us answers or keep us guessing. Yes, but they're not going to be the answers that you think. Better tune in. <laughs> Three episodes of The Resort on Peacock now. Ed Sheeran, the first artist on Spotify to snag 100 million followers. And Garfield creator Jim Davis is 77 today. Jason Athenson, ABC News, Hollywood. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Good morning. Today is Thursday, July 28th, and you're listening to WNBF. We have an update on the bow and arrow shooting that occurred at the abandoned Vestal Hills Country Club earlier this week. The Broome County Sheriff's Office has announced that the three individuals involved have now been charged with a variety of felonies. Biso Vanavaska of Binghamton has been charged with three counts of criminal possession of a weapon in the second degree two counts of criminal possession of a weapon in the third degree, one count of criminal possession of a controlled substance in the third degree, and one count of criminal possession of a controlled substance in the fourth degree, after authorities revealed that he was in possession of 24 grams of methamphetamine on his person during the investigation. Carson Vanko and Savannah Perry of Endicott have each been charged with one count of assault in the first degree and one count of conspiracy in the first degree, 
after authorities determined that they conspired to attack Vanavaksa. In the wake of the incident, new steps are being taken to keep people from intruding on the former country club site in the town of Binghamton that's now owned by the Broome County government. Broome County acquired the 80-acre country club property from VHCC Realty LLC for $750,000 in 2019. It was going to be used for a veteran service center, but the plan was scrapped at the site because of escalating costs. The county now is in the process of trying to sell the property. A county spokesman said security patrols will increase their presence in the aftermath of the assault and discovery of stolen property at the site. More on this story is available on WMBF.com. A Tioga County man has pleaded guilty to possession of child pornography while he was on supervised release following an earlier conviction. Authorities say 63-year-old Timothy Duell entered the plea on Tuesday. Under the plea, Duell acknowledged he had been sentenced to 87 months in prison in March 2015 as a result of a conviction for distribution of child pornography. He also had been sentenced to 10 years of supervised release. Duell admitted during that time of supervised release he possessed storage devices, which contained about 1,000 images and 200 video files of child pornography. He faces a minimum of 10 years and up to 20 years in prison, and a fine of up to $250,000. More information on this story also available on WMBF.com. New York State Senator Alessandra Biaggi introduced a Senate bill in early 2021 which would stop any public school from using a native name, logo, or mascot. If it becomes law, districts would have to discontinue the name, uniforms, and material by September 1st, 2024. An exemption would be made for Native American tribes, or if a tribal nation blessed the use of a specific native name, logo, or mascot, but the school would have to submit it in writing. The bill is currently in committee, but if it were to pass, then several schools from our area would be affected, including Candor, Groton, Owego, and Richfield Springs. More information on that story at WMBF.com. Delaware County Sheriff Craig DeMund announced that on Tuesday, July 26th, deputies were dispatched to a two-car motor vehicle accident with serious personal injury at the intersection of State Highway 23 and County Highway 10 in the town of Davenport. Preliminary investigation determined that a car was traveling northwest on County Highway 10 and had entered the intersection of County Highway 10 and State Highway 23 when it was struck by a pickup truck that was traveling southwest on State Highway 23. A female passenger in the car was pronounced dead at the scene. The male driver of the car suffered serious life-threatening injuries. The male driver of the pickup truck suffered minor injuries and his male passenger was uninjured. The cause of the accident is still under investigation by the Delaware County Sheriff's Office Accident Reconstruction Team. No tickets have been issued and no arrests have been made. Joshua Megan of Seneca, South Carolina was sentenced to serve 72 months in federal prison for providing a firearm and ammunition to a convicted felon and illegally transferring a firearm to an out-of-state resident. In addition to his six-year prison sentence, Megan was also ordered to serve a three-year term of supervised release after he's released from custody. As part of his previous guilty plea, Joshua Megan admitted that while he was living in South Carolina, he contacted a central New York resident who was known to Megan as a convicted felon and arranged for a sale through the U.S. mails of a Taurus 9mm caliber semi-automatic pistol and 25 rounds of ammunition for $980. Megan mailed the pistol and ammunition from South Carolina to Central New York, where it was recovered at a post office facility in Syracuse on October 14, 2021. After further investigation, ATF special agents executed a federal court search warrant at Megan's home in Seneca, South Carolina, 
He was arrested and returned to the Northern District of New York for prosecution. In pleading guilty, Megan also admitted that he mailed a Phoenix Arms 22 caliber pistol and a Stoger 9mm caliber pistol from South Carolina to a second New York felon in Binghamton, New York. Both firearms were seized on November 10, 2021 by United States Postal Inspection Service through the execution of a federal search warrant. Megan, a former resident of New York State, has five previous felony convictions. You're listening to WMBF, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. News Radio 1290, WMBF. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Love that song. 637 on WMBF's First News with myself, James Kelly, usually alongside Kathy White, but no Kathy this week. If you're just joining us, congratulations for missing out on our early morning technical difficulties. I'll tell you, this was the perfect energy boost I needed today. The sheer panic of trying to figure out why isn't the radio station playing? What is going on here? Because I'm exhausted today. Last night, found myself at the Broome County Fair. Had a good time. Met a lot of nice people. Heard a lot of cool stories. I was like, one of my favorite things about being new around here in Binghamton is that every time I tell somebody, yeah, I've only been here for about two months or so, all of a sudden, they know every single place within like a 10-mile radius. Say, oh, you got to try here, you got to go down here, and then turn here, and then turn here, and then you'll get to this destination. And if you want to go somewhere else, you can also go over here. I have found out about so many places. I know about so many places now, just from talking to people, just from saying, hey, I'm new around here. And all of a sudden, I have a list of restaurants and bars that's like, I don't know, 20 deep or so right now that I have to try at some point. And of course, I tell everybody, yeah, yeah, I'm going to try that. I'm, I might do that this weekend. I don't do anything on the weekend. I don't do one thing. I stay home and sleep on the weekend. That's what happens, especially when Kathy's gone, when I have to come in at 4 o'clock in the morning. Or 3.30, depending on how early I actually get up. And whether or not my first attempt to physically get myself out of bed is successful. So when the weekend hits, it's sleep. It's only sleep. The only thing I plan on doing is sleep. I might do some light reporting if I see something crazy going on during the weekend. That's what Bob Joseph always says. The news never sleeps. But I do. I do sleep. Not on the news. Six thirty-nine. You're listening to WMBF. Almost three. on WMBF. Time for a check on traffic and weather. New York State Department of Transportation is conducting single and double lane closures and occasional slowdowns in alternating directions on I-81 from exit 6 to exit 4, the 1781 split. Work is expected to last approximately until Monday and is weather dependent as they remove the old bridge which carried Front Street over I-81. The New York State Department of Transportation is advising motorists that beginning this past Monday, the exit 5 ramp from southbound Interstate 81 to U.S. Route 11 and the intersection of U.S. Route 11 and Old Front Street in the town of Dickinson 
will be closed for approximately seven more days to accommodate construction of a new roundabout. Variable messaging signs will be in place advising southbound motorists on I-81 to use exit 6 or exit 4A to reach U.S. Route 11. Motorists traveling north on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour utilizing I-81 to exit 6 for re-entry to U.S. Route 11. Those traveling south on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour using I-81, State Route 7, and Bevere Street. Pierce Creek Bridge on Pierce Creek Road in the town of Binghamton is closed to all traffic for joint repairs. It will reopen to traffic on or about 7 a.m. on August 15th. All local traffic will need to seek alternate routes while the road is closed and a signed detour route will be in place during the closure. Around Broome County, paving will continue on Oquago Road. The Highway Division will continue changing road culverts on Colesville Powers and Tracy Creek Roads. Ditching will be performed on Farm to Market, Pagebrook, and Beartown Roads, as well as Old Route 17. Patching will continue on Hyde Street and Whitney Point, Watson Boulevard in Endwell, and various other county roads. Painting will take place on Main and Bridge Streets in Kirkwood, as well as Route 11 ramps. Striping will take place on various county and town roadways, and mowing will continue on the right-of-way along the county roadway system. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Right now it's about 70 degrees, 94% humidity. Certainly feels like 94% humidity, even in the studio, I can tell. It's muggy out. It's a muggy morning, a hot, muggy morning. Today, a chance of showers and thunderstorms, then showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm after 2 p.m. Some of the storms could produce gusty winds and heavy rain, some patchy fog before 7 a.m., but otherwise partly sunny with a high near 87 degrees and a 60% chance of rain. Tonight, a chance of showers before 8 p.m., partly cloudy with a low around 64, chance of rain 30%. Tomorrow, a chance of showers with thunderstorms also possible after 2 p.m., partly sunny with a high near 83 and a 40% chance of rain. Tomorrow night, patchy fog after 5 a.m., otherwise partly cloudy, with a low around 56. Saturday, patchy fog before 8 a.m., otherwise sunny with a high near 82. Saturday night, mostly clear, with a low around 57. Sunday, patchy fog before 7 a.m., otherwise sunny with a high near 88. And Sunday night, partly cloudy, with a low around 62. It's 6.45. You're listening to WMBF. It's the... One and O to Marte. Peralta deals. Swinging a liner to left. Base hit. Put it in the box. Here comes Escobar. He scores the winning run. Marte slams his helmet down at first. The Mets have swept the Yankees. They have defeated them three to two. The Mets pour out of the dugout. They are mobbing Starling Marte to the right of second base. The Mets have gained a game on the Atlanta Braves. They're now three up in the National League East as they have swept the two-game series from the Yankees, winning it 3-2 to two tonight in the bottom of the ninth inning on a game-winning single by Starling Marte. And that was the sound of Starling Marte hitting a walk-off single against the New York Yankees. He singled home the winning run in the ninth inning, and the New York Mets beat the Crosstown Yankees 3-2 for a two-game sweep of their Subway Series. 
Max Scherzer was fantastic on his 38th birthday, striking out Aaron Judge three times to help the Mets take a 2-0 lead into the eighth. Glaber Torres tied it with a two-run homer off inexperienced reliever David Peterson, normally a starter for the Mets, but he's probably going to have to get used to that bullpen roll once Jacob deGrom returns. Pete Alonso homered early off Domingo Herman, and Francisco Lindor had an RBI single for the Mets before a sellout crowd at City Field. Making his Subway Series debut, Scherzer permitted five hits over seven innings. Good series. Good series for the Mets, especially. At this point of the season, the Yankees are kind of in cruise mode. Not that they're not trying to get better and trying to win every day, but they have a pretty comfortable lead in their division right now. But the Mets, on the other hand, have got to beat these good teams, like the Yankees. That's how you stay ahead of the Atlanta Braves, and you really got to beat up on bad teams. Could walk away with two division champions in New York this year. No game for the Mets tonight. The AL East leading New York Yankees will take on the Kansas City Royals. Pitching for the Royals, Brady Singer, 4-3 record with a 3.94 ERA. For the Yankees, Jameson Tyone, a 10-2 record and a 3.93 ERA. Yankees are heavily favorited. Speaking of the Yankees and the Royals, the Yankees made the first of what could be a flurry of moves ahead of next week's trade deadline, acquiring all-star outfielder Andrew Benintendi from the Kansas City Royals for three minor league pitchers. No one particularly of note going the other way for Kansas City. None of the top prospects pitching-wise in the Yankees' system. Benintendi, a 28-year-old left-handed hitter, was among 10 Royals who missed a four-game series at Toronto from July 14th to 17th because he was not vaccinated. New York believes he is amenable to getting vaccinated. No Yankees missed earlier trips to Toronto this season, and the Yankees have a three-game series there from September 26th to 28th. Benintendi is hitting 320 this season and a reigning gold glover. The Royals play at Yankee Stadium on Thursday night. Now I'll say this, Andrew Benintendi probably should not be a gold glover. Probably shouldn't have been. Defensively, really not all that much to write home about. I mean, I'd put him in the average category, which is all the Yankees really need in left field right now. I would assume they acquired him to play left field since Joey Gallo has been so poor this season. And you don't want Giancarlo Stanton out there. He's also on the injured list right now. Yankee Stadium left field is a tough one. The Yankees were very fortunate over the years to have Brett Gardner out there. Brett Gardner, a fantastic defensive center fielder. And to have the luxury to be able to put him in left field, defensively speaking. I think Yankee fans maybe take that for granted. Now, the Yankees were also involved in the Juan Soto talks. How this changes that, I would imagine that either the Yankees are getting the indication that Juan Soto might not actually be traded at the deadline, or they've given up on acquiring him. Because when you look at the crowded Yankees outfield right now, you have Aaron Judge in right field. You'd prefer to keep him in right field. He is capable of playing center field if needed. You already have Aaron Hicks out there in center field, who's under contract, so not really anywhere else you can put Aaron Hicks unless you want to move him to the bench. 
which puts Joey Gallo in a tough position, basically makes Joey Gallo's roster spot an empty one. And you sign or you trade for Andrew Benintendi to play left field. He can he can play center field. You could put him in center field. But you wouldn't be able to get Aaron Hicks much time in center field if you were planning on playing Andrew Benintendi as your everyday center fielder. Especially considering that Benintendi, a left-handed hitter, hits really well against right-handed pitching. Which is most of the pitchers in the league. So if you wanted to do a platoon situation out in center field, with Benintendi going against right-handers and Aaron Hicks going against left-handers, that wouldn't really leave Aaron Hicks with too many at-bats in a given week. Now the Yankees could theoretically still trade for Juan Soto. They still have the prospect depth to tr make that trade. None of the prospects that went to Kansas City were really the big-name prospects that you would expect in a Soto trade. And if you did make that move, I think it's safe to assume that Joey Gallo would either receive a DFA or he'd be traded somewhere else for basically nothing in return. And Aaron Hicks would become the bench outfielder, capable of playing all three positions pretty well defensively. And you'd move Aaron Judge to center field full-time for the end of this year before moving on from him in the offseason. Of course, there are other teams involved in the Juan Soto sweepstakes. The San Diego Padres, of course, seemingly making a really hard push for him, as are the St. Louis Cardinals. But Benintendi, he is a good pickup for the Yankees especially if he does get vaccinated because that could very well affect a playoff series if he's unable to play in Toronto. Toronto's still, I would say, likely to make the postseason. So if you're playing a playoff series against Toronto, it would put the Yankees at a pretty big disadvantage to have their everyday left fielder not being able to travel to Canada for those games. But still a good player. The power really hasn't been there for Benintendi this year. Only three home runs, but he's upped his batting average to 320, and he's getting on base at an almost 400 clip. So his OPS has remained pretty much in line with his career averages. So what the Yankees see in him is that they might be able to maybe take a little bit of an advantage on the short porch, add some more power into his game. Also just add power into his game, period. It's been there. He has hit 71 career home runs, and... His slugging percentage this year is only 398, pretty far below his career average of 432. So there's more power in there for the Yankees to exploit, and the short right field wall for a left-handed hitter, very enticing. Only strikes out 13.5% of the time. That's one of the best marks in the league. Walks 10.1% of the time. So if you can keep that OBP up around 400 and maybe get a little more power out of him, Andrew Benintendi could be a pretty nice player for the Yankees. 655, you're listening to WMBF. Millions of... News Radio 1290, WMBF. 657 on WMBF, check on traffic and weather. Work is expected to last until approximately Monday and is weather-dependent as they remove the old bridge which carried Front Street over I-81. The Department of Transportation is also advising motorists that the Exit 5 ramp from southbound Interstate 81 to U.S. Route 11 and the intersection of U.S. Route 11 and Old Front Street in the town of Dickinson will be closed for approximately another week to accommodate construction of a new roundabout. 
detour signs are posted for people traveling on I-81 and U.S. Route 11. Pierce Creek Bridge on Pierce Creek Road in the town of Binghamton is closed to all traffic for joint repairs. It will reopen to traffic on or about 7 a.m. on August 15th. All local traffic will need to seek alternate routes while the road is closed and a signed detour route is in place. We have some various other highway work plans, some paving on Oquaga Road. The highway division is changing road culverts on Colesville Powers and Tracy Creek Roads. Ditching will be performed on Farm to Market, Pagebrook, and Beartown Roads, as well as Old Route 17. And patching will continue on Hyde Street in Whitney Point, Watson Boulevard in Enwell, and various other county roads. And painting will take place on Main and Bridge Streets in Kirkwood, as well as Route 11 ramps. National Weather Service forecast right now, low 70s. Pretty high humidity, 90%. Today, chance of showers and thunderstorms. Otherwise, partly sunny with a high near 87. Tonight, chance of showers before 8, but partly cloudy with a low around 64. Tomorrow, chance of showers after 2, partly sunny with a high near 83. Tomorrow night, patchy fog after 5 a.m., otherwise partly cloudy with a low around 56. And Saturday and Sunday should be pretty nice. Sunny with a high near 82 Saturday. Sunday, sunny with a high near 88. You're listening to WMBF. Want to say this is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. Two hours of first news left, followed by Bob Joseph's Binghamton Now. But right now, ABC News. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. Good morning. Today is Thursday, July 28th, and you're listening to WMBF. We have an update on the bow and arrow shooting that occurred at the abandoned Vestal Hills Country Club earlier this week. The Broome County Sheriff's Office has announced that the three individuals involved have now been charged with a variety of felonies. Biso Vanavosksa of Binghamton has been charged with three counts of criminal possession of a weapon in the second degree, two counts of criminal possession of a weapon in the third degree, one count of criminal possession of a controlled substance in the third degree, and one count of criminal possession of a controlled substance in the fourth degree, after authorities revealed that he was in possession of 24 grams of methamphetamine on his person during the investigation. Carson Vanko and Savannah Perry of Endicott have each been charged with one count of assault in the first degree and one count of conspiracy in the first degree, after authorities determined that they conspired to attack Venavoxa. In the wake of the incident, new steps are being taken to keep people from intruding on the former country club site in the town of Binghamton, that's now owned by the Broome County government. Broome County acquired the 80-acre country club property from VHCC Realty LLC for $750,000 in 2019. It was going to be used for a veteran service center, but the plan was scrapped at the site because of escalating costs. The county now is in the process of trying to sell the property. A county spokesman said security patrols will increase their presence in the aftermath of the assault and discovery of stolen property at the site. More on this story is available on WMBF.com. A Tioga County man has pleaded guilty to possession of child pornography while he was on supervised release following an earlier conviction. Authorities say 63-year-old Timothy Duell entered the plea on Tuesday. Under the plea, Duell acknowledged he had been sentenced to 87 months in prison in March 2015 as a result of a conviction for distribution of child pornography. He also had been sentenced to 10 years of supervised release. Duell admitted during that time of supervised release he possessed storage devices, which contained about 1,000 images and 200 video files of child pornography. He faces a minimum of 10 years and up to 20 years in prison, and a fine of up to $250,000. 
More information on this story also available on WMBF.com. New York State Senator Alessandra Biaggi introduced a Senate bill in early 2021 which would stop any public school from using a native name, logo, or mascot. If it becomes law, districts would have to discontinue the name, uniforms, and material by September 1, 2024. An exemption would be made for Native American tribes, or if a tribal nation blessed the use of a specific native name, logo, or mascot, but the school would have to submit it in writing. The bill is currently in committee, but if it were to pass, then several schools from our area would be affected, including Candor, Groton, Owego, and Richfield Springs. More information on that story at WMBF.com. Delaware County Sheriff Craig DeMond announced that on Tuesday, July 26th, deputies were dispatched to a two-car motor vehicle accident with serious personal injury at the intersection of State Highway 23 and County Highway 10 in the town of Davenport. Preliminary investigation determined that a car was traveling northwest on County Highway 10 and had entered the intersection of County Highway 10 and State Highway 23 when it was struck by a pickup truck that was traveling southwest on State Highway 23. A female passenger in the car was pronounced dead at the scene. The male driver of the car suffered serious life-threatening injuries. The male driver of the pickup truck suffered minor injuries and his male passenger was uninjured. The cause of the accident is still under investigation by the Delaware County Sheriff's Office Accident Reconstruction Team. No tickets have been issued and no arrests have been made. Joshua Megan of Seneca, South Carolina was sentenced to serve 72 months in federal prison for providing a firearm and ammunition to a convicted felon and illegally transferring a firearm to an out-of-state resident. In addition to his six-year prison sentence, Megan was also ordered to serve a three-year term of supervised release after he's released from custody. As part of his previous guilty plea, Joshua Megan admitted that while he was living in South Carolina, he contacted a central New York resident who was known to Megan as a convicted felon and arranged for a sale through the U.S. mails of a Taurus 9mm caliber semi-automatic pistol and 25 rounds of ammunition for $980. Megan mailed the pistol and ammunition from South Carolina to Central New York, where it was recovered at a post office facility in Syracuse on October 14, 2021. After further investigation, ATF special agents executed a federal court search warrant at Megan's home in Seneca, South Carolina, he was arrested and returned to the Northern District of New York for prosecution. In pleading guilty, Megan also admitted that he mailed a Phoenix Arms 22 caliber pistol and a Stoger 9mm caliber pistol from South Carolina to a second New York felon in Binghamton, New York. Both firearms were seized on November 10, 2021 by United States Postal Inspection Service through the execution of a federal search warrant. Megan, a former resident of New York State, has five previous felony convictions. You're listening to WMBF, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. It's been- news Radio vacation. Oh, she and husband are having a nice vacation. New York State Department of Transportation will be conducting single and double lane closures and occasional slowdowns in alternating directions on I-81 from exit 6 to exit 4, the 1781 split. Work is expected to last approximately until Monday and is weather dependent as they remove the old bridge which carried Front Street over I-81. 
The New York State Department of Transportation is advising motorists that beginning this past Monday, the exit 5 ramp from southbound Interstate 81 to U.S. Route 11 and the intersection of U.S. Route 11 and Old Front Street in the town of Dickinson will be closed for approximately another week to accommodate construction of a new roundabout. Variable messaging signs will be in place advising southbound motorists on I-81 to use exit 6 or exit 4A to reach U.S. Route 11. Motorists traveling north on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour utilizing I-81 to exit 6 for re-entry to U.S. Route 11. Those traveling south on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour using I-81, State Route 7, and Bevere Street. Pierce Creek Bridge on Pierce Creek Road in the town of Binghamton will be closed to all traffic for joint repairs. It will reopen to traffic on or about 7 a.m. on August 15th. All local traffic will need to seek alternate routes while the road is closed. A signed detour route will be in place during the closure. Around Broome County, paving will continue on Oquaga Road. The Highway Division will continue changing road culverts on Colesville Powers and Tracy Creek Roads. Ditching will be performed on Farm to Market, Pagebrook, and Beartown Roads, as well as Old Route 17. Patching will continue on Hyde Street in Whitney Point, Watson Boulevard in Endwell, and various other county roads. And painting will take place on Main and Bridge Streets in Kirkwood, as well as Route 11 ramps. Striping will take place on various county and town roadways, and mowing will continue on the right-of-way along the county roadway system. The Paper Snap. Don Orsillo, broadcaster for the San Diego Padres, formerly of the Boston Red Sox. He's big on the paper snap. I like it. It's a good bit every time he reads the legal ID. He does a paper snap. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Right now about 71 degrees, 93% humidity. Today a chance of showers and thunderstorms, then showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm after 2 p.m. Some of the storms could produce gusty winds and heavy rain. Some patchy fog before 7 a.m. Might be clearing up right about now. But otherwise, partly sunny with a high near 87 and a 60% chance of rain. Tonight, a chance of showers before 8 p.m. Partly cloudy with a low around 64, 30% chance of rain. Tomorrow, a chance of showers with thunderstorms also possible after 2 p.m. Partly sunny with a high near 83, 40% chance of rain. Friday night, patchy fog after 5 a.m., otherwise partly cloudy, with a low around 56. Saturday, patchy fog before 8 a.m., otherwise sunny with a high near 82. Saturday night, mostly clear, with a low around 57. Sunday, patchy fog before 7 a.m., otherwise sunny with a high near 88. Sunday night, partly cloudy with a low around 62. At 7.14, you're listening to WMBF. News Radio. 7.17 on WMBF. Time for a sports update. Starling Marte singled home the winning run in the ninth inning, and the New York Mets beat the Crosstown Yankees 3-2 for a two-game sweep of their Subway Series. Max Scherzer was fantastic on his 38th birthday, striking out Aaron Judge three times to help the Mets take a 2-0 lead into the eighth inning. Glaber Torres tied it with a two-run homer off inexperienced reliever David Peterson, normally a starter for the Mets, but might need to get used to that role as a reliever with the impending return of Jacob deGrom. 
Pete Alonso homered early off Domingo Herman, and Francisco Lindor had an RBI single for the Mets before a sellout crowd at City Field. Making his Subway Series debut, Scherzer permitted five hits over seven innings. No game for the Mets tonight. The Yankees will take on the Kansas City Royals at home. For the Royals, Brady Singer will take the mound, 4 and 3 record, 394 ERA. For the Yankees, Jameson Tyone, 10 and 2 record, 393 ERA. Yankees are heavily favored in this game. And speaking of the Royals, the New York Yankees made the first of what could be a flurry of moves ahead of next week's trade deadline, acquiring all-star outfielder Andrew Benintendi from the Kansas City Royals for three minor league pitchers. Benintendi, a 28-year-old left-handed hitter, was among 10 Royals who missed a four-game series at Toronto from July 14th to 17th because he was not vaccinated. New York believes he's amenable to getting vaccinated. No Yankees missed earlier trips to Toronto this season, and the Yankees have a three-game series from September 26th to 28th in Toronto. Benintendi is hitting 320 this season and a reigning gold glover. The Royals play at Yankee Stadium tonight. It's an interesting move for the Yankees for sure. Because Andrew Benintendi doesn't really check all of the boxes of what the Yankees generally look for in a player. And defensively, you know, they say he's a gold glover, but analytically, he's been pretty average for the majority of, of his career. In fact, in 2017 and 2018 and 2019, he was downright bad in the outfield. But for the most part, pretty average defensively. Capable of playing center field. But more than likely the Yankees' everyday left fielder going forward. Now, why I say he's not really what the Yankees typically look for in a player. That's because right now, he's having a pretty much right in line with career average season by OPS. He has a 785 OPS this year. His career average is 784. But the way he's getting there is a little bit different than he has in the past. He has a 320 batting average and a 387 on base percentage, which is a little higher than his career averages of 280 and 352. The problem, and this is what the Yankees will try to fix, or at least use the short portion right field to take advantage of, is that this season he's only slugging 398 as opposed to 432 for his career. So my guess is the Yankees see somebody who they can use for two months, Benintendi, an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. Someone who can use for two months, maybe get a little bit more power out of, get over that 800 mark in OPS, turn him into a pretty solid fielder and a good hitter down the stretch for the last two months or so of the season before the postseason. And if necessary, they can just let him walk away. Now, does it take them out of the Juan Soto sweepstakes? I would say at this point, yes, but it's never impossible that the Yankees will decide to say, you know what? If we trade for Juan Soto and give him this gigantic extension, all of a sudden, we're not as concerned with playing Aaron Judge in center field every day. It no longer concerns us because the threat with playing Aaron Judge in center field every day is that eventually it will take a toll on his body. Center field in Yankee Stadium and left field, for that matter, are a lot tougher than people give the stadium credit for. Everyone points out the short porch. And right field is quite easy to play in Yankee Stadium because there's not a lot of ground to cover. 
which is why it's a preferable position for Aaron Judge to be playing. But you could see a realistic scenario where down the line, you have Aaron Judge in center field for the rest of the season, Juan Soto in right, and Andrew Benintendi in left, with Giancarlo at Stanton at DH when he returns from the injured list, and Aaron Hicks as your quote-unquote fourth outfielder. Stanton obviously capable of playing the corner outfield positions as well, but why risk it? What this does do, this move, however, is takes away a pretty blatant need for the Yankees. There's no longer this gaping hole in the outfield where Joey Gallo typically plays. So they might not be as willing to part with some of their top prospects as maybe the San Diego Padres or the New York Mets are. By the way, New York Mets AAA catcher now, former Binghamton Rumble Pony, Francisco Alvarez, was just named Major League Baseball's number one prospect overall. So it'd certainly be a haul for the Washington Nationals, although they do have Kieber Ruiz there as well at catcher, who they acquired in the Max Scherzer trade. He was the Dodgers' top prospect at the time of the trade. He's played okay so far. Certainly not the level that you would expect a top prospect to play at, but would Francisco Alvarez entice the Nationals to make a deal? It's unknown. You certainly wouldn't platoon Francisco Alvarez and Kiebert Ruiz. Those are two of the top prospects in baseball, two of the top young players in baseball at the catcher position. So when you look at what the Mets have to offer, it starts with Brett Beatty and Ronnie Mauricio. And beyond that, do the Mets really have the depth to match a trade from the Yankees or the San Diego Padres, who seem extremely motivated to go out and get Juan Soto, have the prospect depth to go and do it, and also have a really strong young core that they can build around, even if they don't extend Juan Soto as soon as they get him. He's under contract for two more years at the end of the season. So you could be looking at two years of Fernando Tatis Jr., Juan Soto, and Manny Machado in the middle of that Padres lineup. And the Padres certainly not one to not one team to shy away from spending money. As seen by the Fernando Tatis extension that he got this past offseason. Right before he broke his wrist in a motorcycle accident, he should be returning in the next week and a half or so. So it'd be good to see him back. Maybe get some more offense in that Padres lineup. 725, time for Wall Street Now. From ABC News, Wall Street Now. The Fed's done it again. The central bank calling for another aggressive three-quarter percent increase in a benchmark interest rate. Chair Jerome Powell says it's the most efficient way to slow surging inflation, adding that the economy is not in a recession now, nor does he think it's headed into one. We'll get a pretty comprehensive snapshot of the economy today. The gross domestic product measures changes in the values of all goods and services produced in the U.S. after adjusting for for inflation. And that's a big deal in times like now when you consider inflation and that consumer spending is starting to slow, but business spending remains strong and economists say that could minimize any expected contraction. Also still strong, the job sector. And today the Labor Department will release its weekly jobless claims report. Economists consider first-time filings a proxy for layoffs. Daria Albinger, ABC News. Single News Radio.
729 on WMBF. Time for a check on traffic and weather. New York State Department of Transportation is conducting single and double lane closures and occasional slowdowns in alternating directions on I-81 from exit 6 to exit 4, the 1781 split. Work is expected to last approximately until Monday and is weather dependent as they remove the old bridge which carried Front Street over I-81. The Department of Transportation is also advising motorists that the exit 5 ramp from southbound Interstate 81 to U.S. Route 11 and the intersection of U.S. Route 11 and Old Front Street in the town of Dickinson is closed for approximately seven more days to accommodate construction of a new roundabout. Variable messaging signs will be in place, advising southbound motorists on I-81 to use exit 6 or exit 4A to reach U.S. Route 11. Motorists traveling north on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour utilizing I-81 to exit 6 for re-entry to U.S. Route 11. Those traveling south on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour using I-81, State Route 7, and Bevere Street. Pierce Creek Bridge on Pierce Creek Road in the town of Binghamton is closed to all traffic for joint repairs. It will reopen to traffic on or about 7 a.m. on August 15th. All local traffic will need to seek alternate routes while the road is closed. A signed detour route will be in place during the closure. Around Broome County, paving will continue on Oquaga Road. The Highway Division will continue changing road culverts on Colesville, Powers, and Tracy Creek Roads. Ditching will be performed on Farm to Market, Pagebrook, and Beartown Roads, as well as Old Route 17. Patching will continue on Hyde Street in Whitney Point, Watson Boulevard in Endwell, and various other county roads. Painting will take place on Main and Bridge Streets in Kirkwood, as well as Route 11 ramps. Striping will take place on various county and town roadways. Mowing will continue on the right-of-way along the county roadway system. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Right now about 72 degrees, 89% humidity. Today a chance of showers and thunderstorms, then showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm after 3 p.m. Some of the storms could produce gusty winds and heavy rain. Some patchy fog between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m., otherwise mostly cloudy, with a high near 82 degrees and a 60% chance of rain. Tonight, showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm before 7 p.m., then a chance of showers and thunderstorms between 7 p.m. and 9 p.m. Some of the storms could produce gusty winds and heavy rain, partly cloudy, with a low around 63, 60% chance of rain. Tomorrow, a chance of showers between 9 a.m. and 3 p.m., then a slight chance of showers and thunderstorms after 3 p.m., partly sunny with a high near 77, 30% chance of rain. Tomorrow night, a slight chance of showers and thunderstorms before 9 p.m., mostly cloudy, then gradually becoming mostly clear with a low around 56, 20% chance of rain. Saturday, sunny with a high near 77. Saturday night, mostly clear with a low around 56. Sunday, sunny with a high near 81. Sunday night, partly cloudy with a low around 61. 7.33, you're listening to WMBF. It's... on WMBF. Now it's time for an ABC Entertainment Update. 
NBC Entertainment News. It's double jeopardy when it comes to hosts on the iconic quiz show. The producers of Jeopardy say moving forward, Mayim Bialik and Ken Jennings will officially share hosting duties. Executive producer Michael Davies writes in a note on Jeopardy's website that Jennings will kick off the upcoming season in September, with Bialik taking over in January, and she will continue to host several primetime tournaments. He promises no constant flip-flopping of hosts in order to keep things as consistent as possible. This ends the search for a new host after Alex Trebek's death in 2020. New today, The Resort is a murder mystery with a little comedy. This phone belonged to a kid who went missing down here 15 years ago. Starring William Jackson Harper and Kristen Milioti. I asked Milioti if the show will give us answers or keep us guessing. Yes, but they're not going to be the answers that you think. Better tune in. <laughs> Three episodes of The Resort on Peacock now. Ed Sheeran, the first artist on Spotify to snag 100 million followers. And Garfield creator Jim Davis is 77 today. Jason Nathanson, ABC News, Hollywood. You're injured. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Good morning. Today is Thursday, July 28th, and you're listening to WNBF. We have an update on the bow and arrow shooting that occurred at the abandoned Vestal Hills Country Club earlier this week. The Broome County Sheriff's Office has announced that the three individuals involved have now been charged with a variety of felonies. Biso Vanavosta of Binghamton has been charged with three counts of criminal possession of a weapon in the second degree two counts of criminal possession of a weapon in the third degree, one count of criminal possession of a controlled substance in the third degree, and one count of criminal possession of a controlled substance in the fourth degree, after authorities revealed that he was in possession of 24 grams of methamphetamine on his person during the investigation. Carson Vanko and Savannah Perry of Endicott have each been charged with one count of assault in the first degree and one count of conspiracy in the first degree, after authorities determined that they conspired to attack Vanavoxa. In the wake of the incident, New steps are being taken to keep people from intruding on the former country club site in the town of Binghamton that's now owned by the Broome County government. Broome County acquired the 80-acre country club property from VHCC Realty LLC for $750,000 in 2019. It was going to be used for a veteran service center, but the plan was scrapped at the site because of escalating costs. The county now is in the process of trying to sell the property. A county spokesman said security patrols will increase their presence in the aftermath of the assault and discovery of stolen property at the site. More on this story is available on WMBF.com. A Tioga County man has pleaded guilty to possession of child pornography while he was on supervised release following an earlier conviction. Authorities say 63-year-old Timothy Duell entered the plea on Tuesday. Under the plea, Duell acknowledged he had been sentenced to 87 months in prison in March 2015, as a result of a conviction for distribution of child pornography. He also had been sentenced to 10 years of supervised release. Duell admitted during that time of supervised release he possessed storage devices, which contained about 1,000 images and 200 video files of child pornography. He faces a minimum of 10 years and up to 20 years in prison, and a fine of up to $250,000. More information on this story also available on WMBF.com. New York State Senator... Alessandra Biaggi introduced a Senate bill in early 2021 which would stop any public school from using a native name, logo, or mascot. If it becomes law, districts would have to discontinue the name, uniforms, and material by September 1, 2024. An exemption would be made for Native American tribes, or if a tribal nation blessed the use of a specific native name, logo, or mascot, but the school would have to submit it in writing. The bill is currently in committee. But if it were to pass, then several schools from our area would be affected, including Candor, Groton, Owego, and Richfield Springs. 
More information on that story at WMBF.com. Delaware County Sheriff Craig DeMond announced that on Tuesday, July 26th, deputies were dispatched to a two-car motor vehicle accident with serious personal injury at the intersection of State Highway 23 and County Highway 10 in the town of Davenport. Preliminary investigation determined that a car was traveling northwest on County Highway 10 and had entered the intersection of County Highway 10 and State Highway 23 when it was struck by a pickup truck that was traveling southwest on State Highway 23. A female passenger in the car was pronounced dead at the scene. The male driver of the car suffered serious life-threatening injuries. The male driver of the pickup truck suffered minor injuries and his male passenger was uninjured. The cause of the accident is still under investigation by the Delaware County Sheriff's Office Accident Reconstruction Team. No tickets have been issued and no arrests have been made. Joshua Megan of Seneca, South Carolina was sentenced to serve 72 months in federal prison for providing a firearm and ammunition to a convicted felon and illegally transferring a firearm to an out-of-state resident. In addition to his six-year prison sentence, Megan was also ordered to serve a three-year term of supervised release after he's released from custody. As part of his previous guilty plea, Joshua Megan admitted that while he was living in South Carolina, he contacted a central New York resident who was known to Megan as a convicted felon and arranged for a sale through the U.S. mails of a Taurus 9mm caliber semi-automatic pistol and 25 rounds of ammunition for $980. Megan mailed the pistol and ammunition from South Carolina to Central New York, where it was recovered at a post office facility in Syracuse on October 14, 2021. After further investigation, ATF special agents executed a federal court search warrant at Megan's home in Seneca, South Carolina, he was arrested and returned to the Northern District of New York for prosecution. In pleading guilty, Megan also admitted that he mailed a Phoenix Arms 22 caliber pistol and a Stoger 9mm caliber pistol from South Carolina to a second New York felon in Binghamton, New York. Both firearms were seized on November 10, 2021 by United States Postal Inspection Service through the execution of a federal search warrant. Megan, a former resident of New York State, has five previous felony convictions. You're listening to WMBF, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. For 15. News Radio 1290, WMBF. 7.43 on WMBF's first news. Myself, James Kelly, typically alongside Kathy White. But no Kathy this week. She's on vacation. So it's just me, and there's nobody here to stop me from talking about as much baseball as I want to talk about. And the listeners just have to deal with it. Now, I won't go too overboard, of course. I try to keep it under wraps a little bit. But I do get excited when big trades like this happen with Andrew Benintendi heading to the Yankees. I get excited. Because typically, before I came here, when I was working in the baseball media world, a trade like this would mean I'd get to do like a two-hour podcast, some radio spots. It was all very exciting. And I could very easily spend the entirety of First News just talking about baseball every day. I could do that. I could. But this is a local news station. And I know what's really important to the people, the local news. That's what they want to hear, local news, especially weather. Everybody cares about the weather. 
the weather is important. But since there's no Kathy here, and we're kind of freestyling our typical chit-chat time, that we would talk about some goofy story or another, or what to do this weekend, I can just take it up talking about baseball. I can take that time back. 744, you're listening to WMBF. Are you a on WMBF. Time for a check on traffic and weather. New York State Department of Transportation is conducting single and double lane closures and occasional slowdowns in alternating directions on I-81 from exit 6 to exit 4, the 1781 split. Work is expected to last until approximately Monday and is weather dependent as they remove the old bridge which carried Front Street over I-81. The Department of Transportation is also advising motorists that the exit 5 ramp from southbound Interstate 81 to U.S. Route 11 and the intersection of U.S. Route 11 and Old Front Street in the town of Dickinson will be closed for approximately another week to accommodate construction of a new roundabout. Variable messaging signs will be in place advising southbound motorists on I-81 to use exit 6 or exit 4A to reach U.S. Route 11. Motorists traveling north on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour utilizing I-81 to exit 6 for re-entry to U.S. Route 11. Those traveling south on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour using I-81, State Route 7, and Bevere Street. Pierce Creek Bridge on Pierce Creek Road in the town of Binghamton will be closed to all traffic for joint repairs. It will reopen to traffic on or about 7 a.m. on August 15th. All local traffic will need to seek alternate routes while the road is closed. A signed detour route will be in place during the closure. Around Broome County, paving will continue on Oquaga Road. The Highway Division will con- continue changing road culverts on Colesville Powers and Tracy Creek Roads. Ditching will be performed on Farm to Market, Pagebrook, and Beartown Roads, as well as Old Route 17. Patching will continue on Hyde Street in Whitney Point, Watson Boulevard in Endwell, and various other county roads. Painting will take place on Main and Bridge Streets in Kirkwood, as well as Route 11 ramps. Striping will take place on various county and town roadways, and mowing will continue on the right-of-way along the county roadway system. National Weather Service Forecast for Downtown Binghamton. Right now it's about 73 degrees, 88% humidity. Today, chance of showers and thunderstorms, then showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm after 2 p.m. Some of the storms could produce gusty winds and heavy rain, some patchy fog before 8 a.m., otherwise partly sunny with a high near 82 degrees and a 60% chance of rain. Tonight, a chance of showers before 8 p.m., partly cloudy with a low around 63, chance of rain 30%. Friday, chance of showers with thunderstorms also possible after 2 p.m. Partly sunny with a high near 77, 30% chance of rain. Friday night, partly cloudy with a low around 56. Saturday, sunny with a high near 77. Saturday night, mostly clear with a low around 56. Sunday, sunny with a high near 81. And Sunday night, partly cloudy with a low around 61. So I have a borderline perfect weekend coming up weather-wise. Not too hot. Sunny. Maybe getting to the back end of that heat wave that hit us last week. We're finally turning a corner on that. 750. You're listening to WMBF. 
are you in? on WMBF. Time for a quick check on sports. Starling Marte singled home the winning run in the ninth inning, and the New York Mets beat the Crosstown Yankees 3-2 for a two-game sweep of their Subway Series. Max Scherzer was fantastic on his 38th birthday, striking out Aaron Judge three times to help the Mets take a 2-0 lead into the eighth. Glaber Torres tied it with a two-run homer off inexperienced reliever David Peterson, normally a starter, but now in the bullpen, and probably will remain there with the impending return of Jacob deGrom. Pete Alonso homered early off Domingo Herman, and Francisco Lindor had an RBI single for the Mets before a sellout crowd at City Field. Making his Subway Series debut, Scherzer permitted five hits over seven innings. No Mets game tonight, the Yankees play though. Playing against the Kansas City Royals at home for the Royals, Brady Singer, 4-3 record, 3.94 ERA. For the Yankees, Jamison Tyone, a 10-2 record, a 3.93 ERA. And the Yankees also just acquired outfielder Andrew Benintendi from the Kansas City Royals for three minor league pitchers. So big trade going down early. Binghamton Rumble Ponies lost last night 6-1 against the New Hampshire Fisher Cats. A lone RBI came from Cortez in the first inning. They're back in action today against the New Hampshire Fisher Cats once again at 635 at Marabado Stadium. If you can't make it in person, pregame on WMBF at 620, and you can listen right here with Jacob Wilkins. 7.54 on WMBF. Now it's time for ABC's Tech Trends. From ABC News Tech Trends, Instagram is facing renewed scrutiny over teen mental health. Instagram parent company Meta is the subject of two new lawsuits alleging the app spurred anxiety, depression, addiction, and suicide attempts in teen girls. Jennifer Martin says her daughter attempted suicide twice because of the pressure she felt from Instagram. As a parent, you feel hopeless. You try to you try to support them and you do what you can for them but it's hard to understand. The lawsuit cite internal documents from the company leaked last year by whistleblower Francis Haugen that show Instagram knew about the potential harm to teens but did nothing to stop it. Legal expert Stephen Barrick. There could be billions of dollars in damages. They could have to have outside people overseeing what they were doing to ensure that their algorithm techniques weren't targeting minors. Meta has not commented. With Tech Trends, I'm Sherry Preston, ABC News. A rank. News Radio 1290, 7.57 on WMBF. Time for a check on traffic and weather. The New York State Department of Transportation is conducting single and double lane closures and occasional slowdowns in alternating directions on I-81 from exit 6 to exit 4, the 1781 split. Work is expected to last until approximately Monday. The Department of Transportation is also advising motorists that the Exit 5 ramp from southbound Interstate 81 to U.S. Route 11 and the intersection of U.S. Route 11 and Old Front Street in the town of Dickinson will be closed for approximately another week to accommodate construction of a new roundabout. Detour signs are posted in the area. Pierce Creek Bridge on Pierce Creek Road in the town of Binghamton is closed for joint repairs. It will reopen to traffic on or about 7 a.m. on August 15th 
All local traffic will need to seek alternate routes while the road is closed and a signed detour route is in place. Around Broome County, paving will continue on Oquaga Road. The Highway Division will continue changing road culverts on Colesville, Powers, and Tracy Creek Roads. Ditching will be performed on Farm to Market, Pagebrook, and Beartown Roads, as well as Old Route 17. Patching will continue on Hyde Street and Whitney Point, Watson Boulevard and Enwell, and various other county roads. And painting will take place on Main and Bridge Streets in Kirkwood, as well as Route 11 ramps, and striping and mowing along other county roads. Right now in downtown Binghamton, about 73 degrees, 88% humidity. Chance of showers today, otherwise partly sunny with a high of 82. Tonight, chance of showers, partly cloudy with a low around 63. Tomorrow, chance of showers and thunderstorms, partly sunny with a high near 77. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy with a low around 56. And we got a pretty nice weekend ahead of us. Saturday, sunny with a high near 77. And Sunday, sunny with a high near 81. 7.59 on WMBF. Want to say this is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton, now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. You're listening to WNBF. Coming up next, ABC News, followed by another hour of first news.